This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. This is Father Kyle Metzger, and I'm here with uh, our, my co-host, Roxanne Solonen, on Real Presence Radio Live. Did you know that you can listen to RPR on in the app? If you don't have it, go ahead and go to the app store on your phone, search for Real Presence Radio. And once you have it, you can listen to daily programming like Real Presence Live. You can find daily podcasts. If you missed a show, you can reflect, uh, find reflections on the daily mass readings, submit a prayer request. Uh, you can become part of the family that this, uh, this Lord is creating here, and you can donate to the radio station as well. So take a moment, download the Real Presence Radio app, uh, as we uh, prepare to head into the next interview, Roxanne. Yeah, one of the things I use the app a lot, and when I'm when I'm traveling, it gives a listing of all the different stations and how to find them on the app too. So that's there's there's a lot of things. It's it's not just our our local station either. It's any of the the you know EWTN programs too. Um, so you can catch up on everything that you've missed. When the so. radio gets fuzzy, you need to know yes. where to retune it into. Huh? Exactly, exactly. So, well, we're happy to have Marcy Stokeman on the line here. Good morning, Marcy. Good morning, Roxanne. You have to might have to correct me on how to say your last name. Can you say it? And Stockman. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, well, I uh, I know that you were in town. Uh, a several months ago and, and um, talking about the Well-Read Mom, which is uh, an organization that you founded to revive the, the love of reading um, for, for women. So why don't you just kind of share a little bit for anyone who hasn't heard about you, kind of give us a little bit of the background on, on how this all came to be. Okay. Well, in the spring of 2012, I was giving a few talks to women, not as a preschoolers, actually, and I had been to these groups before. They said, you know, you, may, you come up with something to share. And I thought, I'll talk to them. Of, I want to see what women are reading. I know all the moms care about what their children read, but what are the women reading? So I called these series of talks, Well-Read Mom. And every time I came home from one of these, giving one of these talks, I was sad because actually women weren't reading quality literature for themselves. And the number one reason was I don't have time. And so I felt sad about that because actually I wasn't either. I, I used to, but at that time in my life, I wasn't either. And then my daughter had a baby, so it's our first, my first grandchild. But my, my daughter Beth called me one day, and she's almost in tears, and she said, Mom, I've had it with these mother's groups. I'm not going back. Um, I've been there three times, and all we're talking about is, you know, what kind of diaper to buy. Everything's about the kids. Isn't there a place after college where women get together and talk about the real questions of life. And so I heard this loneliness in Beth's voice. I heard this cry, this plea, and thought back to my own loneliness as a new mom, and I thought, wow, I want her to have more, and I need to read more. And we sort of came together and thought, let's read great books together and keep each other accountable. And that's sort of, in a nutshell, how it started. And and I think there was a story about an Italian friend. Why don't you share about that? Because that kind of struck me when I talked to you earlier. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, so I have uh, seven children, and at one time, a couple of them, they were in different sports, and I was running to everything. And one day, I was I was going to driving to my son John's cross country meet, and I was on empty, absolutely empty. And I'm sure mothers today with their kids at home and in a way and all the responsibilities of 
a woman feels to keep her family together, to have them live something beautiful together, to teach them their prayers, to all of this, all of us and moms sometimes, or we feel it in a particular way anyway, as the heart of the home. And that day driving to John's cross country, I was on empty. Like, I thought, I can't keep going like this. And nobody in this family gets it. Like, they don't understand that I'm, I'm on empty. And I stopped at Caribou, and I got this large coffee. Thing. Well, that didn't help. I sat there. I stared at the wall. And literally, I didn't get up. And I thought, if I don't get moving right now, I'm going to miss John's meat. And I sat there, and I missed his meat. And, you know, actually, it's the only meat he ever won. Oh, <laughs> in of his course. Whole career. But anyway, I missed it. Oh, boy. But he still loves me. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was telling my Italian friend about this. I said, you know, this is what happened. I missed his meat, and I just sat and stared at the wall. And she said... She said something, uh, Roxanne and Father Kyle, she said something that would change my conception of motherhood. It completely flipped, flipped my thinking. And what she said was, you American mothers, you think mothering is all about running to everything your kids are in. And I, I was kind of taken aback, and I thought, well, that's, that's part of it, you know. And she said... Take care of your heart. That's how you mother. And what was so interesting, what was so shocking to me was I didn't understand what she was talking about. What did it mean to take care of my heart? How did taking care of my heart impact motherhood? I, I didn't see the connection. Uh, so Well-Read Mom is actually a way, one of the ways, there's lots of ways, we, you know, actually to take care of our heart. But it's, it's, a, it's through the arts. It's through gathering together with other women physically, not online. We use online, but we use it to help get groups of women together physically uh, where they can um, take care of the heart in the sense that while I'm going to my Wired Mom group, reading a work of literature is not running away from my vocation as a mom. It's, it helps lighten the load of motherhood to be with friends, to to actually open up to the real questions. What am I doing here on this earth? What's life about? Why do I, uh, why do I resent my husband? You know? And I see in a character a similar situation, and I see how she might handle that situation, and I, I'm educated imaginatively to move toward virtue. Uh, so I don't know if I answered your question there, Roxanne, but... Yes, yes. And Father Father Kyle has a question too for you. So I got lots okay. of questions. I mean, what is this the, this is this is for moms, right? Am I like intruding here? This is, but I'm fascinated. You have a mom. You have a mom. I, I have a mom. But the the part that intrigues me most, I suppose, is I I, I used to be a middle school reading teacher. So like the desire okay. to get people reading more, that's that's what engages me here in this conversation. But I, I'm I'm sympathetic to those moms who said I don't have time. And especially if they are, you know, they're running to all the football practices and, and sitting in the stands at all the games and, and going on, they're busy. Uh, how, do you, how do you accommodate for that? Very common. People say it for prayer. I don't have time to pray. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how do you accommodate for that uh, for that um, response? I don't have time. What What would you advise people who who that's that's their reason for them? They're not reading or or or, or whatnot. Right, that's the number one reason. Yeah. And there's great power in accompanying one another. Uh, so women accompanying women to read more and read well. That's kind of our motto. We want to read more because we don't want to lose our ability to read deeply. Uh, we have an ability to read online, which is mostly scanning and skimming. But this is a different type of reading that we're doing together, and it involves attention, discipline focused attention, and we're losing that rapidly. Uh, so we want to help each other maintain or maybe for the first time get to a place of actually reading together or reading well, uh, reading more, reading well, reading literature, slowing down. Sometimes women, one woman, it took her two years before she finished one of our books, uh, but she stayed with it. Did she fail? No. She's succeeding because she's persevering in staying with this group who's accompanying her to get to a new level of reader, reading, to say at one point, I am a reader, to be able to say that, to see herself as a reader. Um, so the question about time, uh, I've, heard, I've had women say, you know, I used to think I didn't have time to read. And she said, now my family is supporting me. Mom, go read your Wallet Mom book. You have it in a week. Uh, we'll do the dishes. I know, I know that's you know not always the case, but women have told me this. Their family sees the value in it. They see mom, when mom takes care of her heart. The conversations are different at dinner time. Um, they, they're they're proud of their moms for doing this because these aren't easy books. We are reading literature. Uh, we're reading, and and uh, sometimes women worry that they're they're not smart enough for this. And until they meet me or something and come to one of my talks and they realize, gosh, if that woman can do it, I can do it. It's not about understanding everything in Dante. Hmm. You can read Dante the rest of your life and, and glean and, and be blessed by receiving the wisdom in, in Dante or Dostoevsky. It's, I don't understand these things, but I get something from them. I receive, and there's a restorative uh, there's a restorative aspect of literature that we've forgotten about. It's, it's pleasurable, it's satisfying, but it's hard to read the kind of books we're reading alone. But accompanying the other is the key to finding time. It's the key, I don't know how much time we have here, but I could tell a story if, do we have, yeah, do we have we, enough time? Go ahead. We, we okay. got time. Okay, <laughs> all right, so in my group, we were reading Les Miserables. This is one of the longest novels ever ever written. How many pages is and that? A thousand? No, what is it? It's over a thousand. Yeah, okay, oh. great. This and, is awesome. And I, here I am, the leader of this whole thing, and, and I was going to tell my group, how about, we've been good all year, how about we just watch the movie, you know? <laughs> but I went, <laughs> I went to my group, Cliff and I was going to propose this. And there was a woman already talking, Linda, and she said, she goes, you know, I started doing this because I, I, she goes, oh, the prose is so beautiful. Every sentence is so beautiful. I can hardly take it in. And so since she had already started, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to read it. Okay, so then later on, before the Well-Read Mom group met, um, my friend Janelle, who's in my group, she ran into a woman in the grocery store. And... This was 10 days before our group met. And the woman said, 
you know, I'm just not going to get this book read. I mean, we have graduations, uh, schools ending. There's all these end-of-the-school-year events. There's no way I'm going to get this, this one read. And Janelle said to the woman, well, you know, there's only one rule in Well-Read Mom, and that's if you don't get the book read, don't apologize, <laughs> but just come and be in this environment and see if you don't read more and read well in your life. So that's the rule. Don't apologize. We're not here to put anyone on a guilt trip or, you know, moms have a lot on their plate, but still come and see if this environment with these women doesn't change you. So anyway, so this woman, she went away from Janelle Fat because she thought, yeah, I know that's the rule, but I don't have to read this. But if I don't read Les Miserables, one of the greatest novels ever written, I don't read this book right now. When am I ever going to read it? I'm not. If I don't read it right now, and she, she had 400 pages left, and uh, the meeting was in 10 days. So she went home. She got her kitchen timer. She set it for, for 20 minutes. She went outside, got on her back step, and she read for 20 minutes, and no one bothered her. And later that night, she, she read again, and the next day, and the next day. And one hour before her well-read mom meeting, she finished Les Miserables. And she went to her meeting with such a sense of satisfaction such a sense of accomplishment. Uh, she had done it. She had read one of the greatest books of all time, and she gleaned from that, you know, a life of holiness from John Bell John. She got to see that in action. Anyway, she goes into her well mind group so, so happy about this. And I know this is true because guess who it was? It was me. It was me. I was the person who um, finished it one hour before the meeting. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for the accountability that I received because there's no way I'd be reading these novels without my friends. Well, thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Radio Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger. I'm joined with Roxanne Solon. And um, we're talking with uh, Marcy Stockman, the uh, the founder of Well-Read Moms, the value of, of, of reading, you know, good quality books. One thing that I noticed, Marcy, when I was a reading teacher, middle school, is... Um, the the parents it struck me as odd and it didn't strike them as odd the parents were reading the same books that their daughters were reading and back when i was a teacher there was kind of a, a, a big book that was circulating around they made movies about it i won't advertise it here but it was it was kind of a superficial sappy you know teenage girl novel but mm-hmm. all of the moms were getting into it and i found that so you know bizarre fortunately m- growing up i had a mother who was a, an avid reader to, uh, uh, herself. And, you know, when she would take us to the pool, she would bring her book. I always saw her reading, mm-hmm. but she was never reading what we were reading. She was reading mm-hmm. different books. So I, I was benefited for that formation. So let's say you have a, a mother who's listening right now and she says, okay, mm-hmm. that's great. She's I'm, I'm sold. What does she do? Where should she start? Well, she, she can go to our website while we're mom and in fact, if people go to, if people email us, info at well is on, and they just put relevant radio, you know, help us get started, uh, we'll give you some kind of deal. We'll do some, go to info at well is on and say, I heard you on relevant radio, and we'll, we'll email you some kind of help to get started and some kind of, some kind of deal. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but we will. <laughs> we want to help you get okay. started. Um, we also have, for members, uh, a family supplement where we invite teenagers to read some of the books with us. So 
with the family supplement, there'll be a book recommended for a toddler age, for a middle schooler, and for teenagers, mostly encouraging those teenagers to read along with us. Uh, there's groups of college students doing well or not. They're not mothers, They're, you know, but they want to do this with us because they want to have a point, sort of a launching point for conversation with their friends. So read, reading and sharing together builds friendship. And friendship grows through reading together. It kind of all works together. But in answer to your, uh, back to your question, Father Kyle, I think it's great that we could read some books together. It's also great for children to see their, their parents reading on their own. Because if you look at studies, everyone wants their child to be a reader. Like we, nobody would not raise their hand. Who wants your children? Who wants your child to read more? We all get it. We intuitively know this is so good for the, for the child. But um, to not read ourselves, we're not modeling that for them. We're not saying, hey, reading is something pleasurable. It's not a school-time activity. It's a lifetime activity. Marcy, um, so, I have a question before we, yeah. we have to go here. In this time of where we can't be together as much, how are you connecting mothers to be able to still do this, even in this time of pandemic? Well, we're going to try a Zoom call next week in my group, um, which I think will help us verify, actually, the importance of when we are able to meet together and laugh together and read the, the nuances of facial expression with each other together. Um, there's something so powerful where two or three are gathered, <laughs> the presence of Christ, you know, where two or three are gathered in my name, and we experience that together, and and. I don't think Zoom isn't a substitute for that, but it is a way that we can stay connected. But it helps us realize the importance of being together. Well, Marcy Stockman, thank you so much for being on. I think this is a great topic, an important topic, and maybe especially timely, you know, with given given the virus, people have more time now. And so that excuse of not having enough time is, is becoming less and less um, uh, possible. So go to uh, Google Well-Read Mom, Well-Read Mom, and uh, Marcy's, uh, Marcy can offer some good uh, tips for you of bringing back more literature into your life. Up next, what can we expect uh, through the rest of the Minnesota legislative session, given the challenges that have come up with the coronavirus? We're going to find out when we visit with Jason Adkins. He's uh, he's uh, with the Minnesota Catholic Conference. So don't go anywhere. That's after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 